Hold one. Arm drag. Brett screwed Brett. It's me, Austin. I did it for the rock. Oh, shut your mouth, you thong wearing fatty. Number four, arm bar. I am Sir Michael Cole. What? I just want to start with a quick disclaimer. Like, as if you listen to Grapplecast all the time, you'll always hear, Hi, welcome to Grapplecast. And as always, I am your host, Taryn Cameron. Where is he? As always, not so much because yet again, he's not here. And it is I, Jamie Crawford, hosting this week's episode of Grapplecast and joined with Dan and Joe. Hit it. What's up? Oos. How's it going, Jamie? How are you, mate? You all good? We missed you last week. Well, like I said, it was another interview episode um last week with the man himself i mean it was a great listen like i said i i i wasn't on the episode so i listened to it afterwards and we'll talk about that card like i i was like well i was messaging you like whilst it was on when you were talking about this so shikara show isn't it you were talking about That's and it was tegan knox versus ruby riot and then <laughs> You were like, oh, it's such a great show. And then I was like, yeah, also this person was on that card. And this person <laughs> was on that card. Also included Orange Cassidy on that card. You like, were what? like, oh, do you, know, do you know who, did you see the the army ants? I'm like, yeah, I don't know who they were. You were like, oh, they're Drew Gulak and Orange Cassidy. I'm like, are you for real? I've seen Drew Gulak and Orange Cassidy live. I don't even realise. <laughs> like, obviously before they were freshly squeezed, like Orange Cassidy before he became massive. But yeah, I mean, like I said, what was it? Seven, six quid a ticket? Something like that. Joe bought it for me off the cuff and he's like, oh, we're going to wrestling. It's around the corner. I went, eh, sounds good. And then I get to see it and it's like one of the best like live shows I've ever seen. Then afterwards, like I think I saw the event maybe what, four, five, six years ago and I didn't even realise all these people were on this card um, and the matches that were on it as well. Like the card's absolutely killer for six quid. Yeah, like I said, I mean, not going to go fully into that card because, you know, this was six years ago and I'm sure our <laughs> listeners don't want to listen to our review of a show six years ago. But there was Eddie Kingston was on that card versus, um, who was it? He was against, I'm going to have to find that picture, aren't I? It was Eddie Dennis, wasn't it? Or was it Eddie Kingston? I'm pretty sure. Oh, it was one of them. They were going against um, the Wild. Here we go. Is that it? That's not it. I will get there. Don't you worry. It was Eddie Kingston versus Pete Dunne. Big Grizz. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Kingston, was... Pete Dunne. Yeah. Pete Dunne defeated Eddie Kingston. Um, there was Aphidian. I did not know I've seen him. Yeah. Aphidian was in a fatal four-way with uh, Benny Fig. He was known, but obviously it wasn't. Who was that? That was the guy from Best Friends, wasn't it? Chuck Trent, Taylor. Trent Beretta. Oh, Chuck Taylor, that's him, yeah. Yeah, and Heidi Lovelace, obviously, known as Ruby Riot. Ruby Riot. And then, like I said, Trent Seven and Tyler Bate versus Fire Ant and Soldier Ant, Drew Gulak and Orange Cassidy. And then Princess Kimberly versus Nixon Newell. It was just like British talent right there. Just One of the best cards ever, and I didn't even realise. Yeah, it was absolutely crazy like i said when we were just talking about it i was like, I'll, just, I'll quickly see if i can find it it was the right card 
uh, it took place um, Friday, May 20th, 2016 at the Neon in Newport, Wales. Lovely, Jeffy. There you go. <laughs> we'll go I would go to, to it again. Yeah. We'll talk about more recent pay-per-views now. And there was, I mean, would you call it a pay-per-view or a special? Because it was on a Wednesday night, so I don't class that as a pay-per-view, just kind of a special episode of NXT 2.0. It was NXT War Games. Obviously, I haven't watched it. Tamron's not here to talk about it. And it seems Joe's having some technical issues. So it may just be you, Dan, talking about War Games 2.0. That's right. I so, think it was on. It wasn't on the Wednesday. I think it was on the um, the Sunday because I remember ordering a pizza on the Monday and watching it. Um, oh, yeah. I've got to be fair. I was sports entertained. Um, you know, I know we'll go through it all in in detail in a little bit. But yeah, really good show. They dropped the They dropped the war game, not the war games. The takeover mantra to it. But um, it was still war games. It looked really cool. They had the little cages and their little face paint. Um, and all in all, decent show. Yeah, so I thought we're going to do as we always do, just go through each match and give a little review of, of, of what went on. So looking at the card, there was two War Games matches. There was one with the, the women's wrestlers and one with the, the men's wrestlers from what it looks like. So I think what started off the show was the women's War Games match. And this took place, I'm going to like butcher some names here because I can't pronounce them all. So, I mean... Let's see if let's see how close I get to these. We have got Cora Jade. Is it Cora Jade? Yeah. Ayo Shira. Ayo Shirai. There you go. Kaylee Ray, Raquel Gonzalez, and they defeated Dakota Kai and the Toxic Attraction, which had Gigi Dolan. Was it Gigi? Gigi, surely. Yeah, Gigi. Priscilla Kelly. Yeah. JC Jane. Yeah. And Mandy Rose. Mandy. So at a time of 31 minutes and 22 seconds. Decent start to the show. Yeah, I'd probably say, I mean, there was some really good matches, but this was my favourite War Games match of the night. And it told a really cool story all the way through. So obviously with War Games, you've got the person with advantage. So two people start, uh, one from each team, and then they come in after five minutes, one by one by one by one. So it's two against one, then a tag team, then three against two. Um, but they did this spot where Cora Jade um, was going to do this sort of like twisting somersault off the top rope, but she fell out through a table onto one of her opponents, but she did it in such a way that she looked like she dislocated her shoulder. And all through the match, it was like the rest of the team were fighting, but they were looking to protect Cora Jade because she was injured in the corner and they didn't want to be to be helped to the back. And then when Neo Shirai came to the ring, she popped her shoulder back in um and it all culminated to the end of the match where um somebody another person with a fit i think it was jc jane hit raquel gonzalez or raquel gonzalez hit with a finisher they were both exhausted and knackered cora jade noted that they were both out so she rolled up jc jane and got the win for her team so even though that she was wrestling with one arm she still managed to pull off the victory for the entire of the team so the smallest person the youngest person one of the most inexperienced people they were the ones who ended up getting the win and it's it told a really cool story that even you know that she's injured but she wanted to help and fight for a team and she made the difference even though she was injured um she made the difference for a team i've got to be fair it was actually probably the one of the matches of the night i'd say that's absolutely crazy and i mean you can shout at me or spit at me if you can through your cameras i've never watched the war games match i've watched the blood and guts match 
that AEW had. But I, I don't think I've ever watched a War Games match. I don't know how. I've never watched one. I don't think it's something WWE did. I know it was a WCW thing, then it was NXT, but I've never actually watched a War Games match. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the men's one later. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, if we, if we talk about the men's one after, I'll, I'll go over that question later to say, if I had to go back and watch one, how would you rank it? Like, how does it rank to War Games yeah. matches? But I, I go ahead of myself. Joe, the next match yeah. was Imperium, and they defeated Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner for the NXT Tag Team Championships. How was this match? And we'll go on to the big story, obviously, after the match. Yeah, it was like a really um, solid match. I mean, um, Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner have only just started tagging together, so they're like kind of a misfit team. Like, Kyle O'Reilly was like, why do I want to be a tag team partner? Because uh, the undisputed air have just like screwed me over. But over the past couple of weeks, like Von Wagner's been like, oh no, trust me, I'm, I can be a partner, I can be a partner. He's like, okay, that's fine. And then they've, they've won a couple of matches on NXT to face Imperium. But Imperium just outclassed them the entire match. They tried their best, but it was no avail. But at the end of the match, um, after Imperium won, um, Von Wagner tried to turn on Kyle O'Reilly, but he kind of like ducked out the way and then like kicked him. So, and that then led on to um, him going to face Von Wagner's steel cage on XC just gone. Yeah. So, I was going to say Imperium, do they still have Walter? Again, I, I don't watch NXT, so I know obviously Walter was like the leader of it, but has he been on TV recently after since his title? Hasn't been That's on TV, I mean. but on commentary, they constantly mention, they're like, oh, you want to make their your ring general Walter proud? So they, they're constantly mentioning him. I don't know whether he's going to be in the Rumble or um, there's rumours that he could be Champa's next challenger for the NXT title. A few well, different rumours with it, but they are... Jumping ahead yet, who says Champa's still the champ? We haven't got to that match yet. Well, there's no title defense <laughs> on War Games, so it's all good. I wasn't that. He was in the War Games match. <laughs> there we go. But, um, they, they've got a thing with Timothy Thatcher um, in Ring Camp in um, WXW in Germany. He was they were part of a stable called Ring Camp, which is basically Imperium. So there's you know the thing that there's a thing that they might actually bring in Timothy Thatcher into it. But they, they, there's something going on there. I, I can't see him just getting rid of him. We'll go on to the next match, and it, I've just looked at the, the stipulation of this match. Joe got his wish. He wanted this match earlier on in the year between two female wrestlers, but now he has the hair versus hair match. I mean, you don't get any points for it, unfortunately. But we saw Cameron Grimes versus Duke Hudson in a hair versus hair match. I mean... Is there a reason why this match was hair versus hair? I can see a picture of Cameron Grimes and it looks like he's got a lovely man bun. But, I mean, a backstory. Like, help me out. Why hair versus hair? So they've been doing this thing. Um, everyone in NXT has to have some sort of gimmick. So they had, um, you know, everybody's becoming tennis players and many experts. Um, we've got Duke Hudson where he's the poker player. Um, so he set up Duke's poker room backstage. Um, and Cameron Grimes is basically, we've got loads of money on Bitcoin. So he went, oh, I'll go in this poker room. I'll gamble my Bitcoin money. So he went in there and he basically hustled the table. So then they had a live poker showdown a couple of weeks ago. 
Um, Duke Hudson got really annoyed because he got hustled again by Cameron Grimes. So he put him through the poker table and then got some scissors from under the ring, cut some of his beard and cut some of his hair. Um, so basically Cameron Grimes said, you know what? Let's have a hair versus hair match. If you want to take some hair, why don't you just take it all? Um, but it's to do also with a bit like Vince McMahon. Apparently he really likes um, Cameron Grimes, but he wants to change his look a little bit, which made us all think that we were going to see Cameron Grimes have a completely different haircut. Mm. He was going to change his gimmick and mix him up. But actually, Cameron Grimes got the win and Duke Hudson got shaved bald. Was it kind of like the, the Vince McMahon shaved bald in a way? He just looks like an alien. He's just like... <laughs> <laughs> it was even worse. He, he literally put the clippers over his head five times and he basically had half a crew cut. Like he had like a two. <laughs> like basically what I have now, that's basically what he has. He's got like trimmed top head. Um, but you don't know, like, I haven't watched NXT this week, um, so he may have come on screen with a completely cue ball haircut, like Jeff Bridges yeah. in Iron Man. Is that like completely shaved or did a cane and wore a towel over his head? <laughs> or he could put a wig on and be like Kurt Angle. Exactly, who knows what's going to happen. So I assume they didn't use razors this time, because, I mean, like I said, at that WrestleMania where, like, Stone Cold or Bobby Lashley's just there with razors going over Vince McMahon's head. <laughs> But if you're going to do it, do it properly, but no, it was a set of clippers, and he sort of pretended that he was knocked out in the chair for about two or three, and then he just pretended to wake up, and then he ran <laughs> to the back after they clipped him about three times, and that, that's all that they did. Well, fair enough. Okay, the, the next match was for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, and Roderick Strong defeated Joe Gacy. By pinfall. Eight minutes twenty seven. Quite the the shortest match of the night. But how was it? I mean Joe? Um yeah, so Joe Gacy is the the woke gimmick, so he's basically like preaching about safe places and like non violent workplaces and like uh, microaggression. And he's got a bouncer which is um called Holland, I think his name is. Holland. So yeah, so basically, um, he's saying that Roderick Strong has like a passive aggressive name, because um, he's like, why? And he's saying that like the two hundred five live is like, um, is like basically fat shaming him. He should be able to like, you should be able to wrestle for no matter, you know, you shouldn't have a weight limit on it, basically. So Roderick Strong went, okay, fine, I'm gonna waive the weight limit and I'll wrestle you at. Um, war games, so it was a really good match, but yeah, Project Strong basically just beat the shit out of him. And um, Harlan tried to like interfere and help him, but it didn't really work out in the end. Yeah, so I'm just just having a quick look at, at Roderick Strong. He, he's been around for a while, hasn't he? Like through... he's been, yeah, he's been there for ages. He's been in um, a couple of Cruiserweight tournaments. He was in the original 205 Live. He's obviously in the Undisputed Era. So he's had tag titles. He's had the North American title, and now he's on the Cruiserweight title. Um, but he's been there for a good five, six years, and he's the leader of the, um, his stable that he has. Um, overall, you know, decent gimmick. He still does the whole on his knees and Bay Bay thing that he used to do in Undisputed Era. Um, mm. But the Joe Gacy character is quite polarizing. Everybody's getting behind it. You know, all of the news art um, industries are like commenting on what he's doing. Um, the fact that they waive the weight restriction made me think, hang on a minute, 
maybe Joe Gacy might have taken the belt off him. But re- remember when Matt Hardy used to have the Cruiserweight title, even though he was yeah. like £240? Joe Gacy, he's definitely not 205. So I thought they were going to do it to kind of open it up because you look at the um, NXT 2.0 roster, not many of them are under 205 anymore. So the way it looks like it's going because he's lost, they're going to rebrand the 205 and call it something else. So like a um, high flyer kind of one. Did yeah, they have like that in TNT or Ring of Honor? It was like the high flyers title or something? Or am, I, am I just making that up? Something like that. As long as you can do a springboard off the top rope, you're fine. Yeah, exactly. You've got to win. You've got to win by doing something off the top rope. That's the only way you can win a match. Uh, if your finish is from the top rope, you count. Well, that's and what Jericho that'd be, that'd be fun. Yeah, Jericho I mean. face moving to Judas effect off yeah. the top rope. But I mean, it's a it's a nice point to kind of go on to this now because I was I was making sure without me sounding stupid that Roderick Strong was the man I was thinking of from undisputed era because obviously Adam Cole is now in AEW, Kyle O'Reilly is apparently, I mean, and Bobby Fish, sorry, is in, Bobby Fish in AEW? Bobby Fish over there, yeah. And Kyle O'Reilly, obviously before, um, lost his tag title with Von Wagner. And there's rumours that, along with somebody else, which we'll go on to later, that his contract is expiring and this could be the last time we see him. Is he going to resign? Is he going to stay, or is he going over to? I think, AEW? yeah, with a Kyle O'Reilly, I think it's with. I think if you look at the two, he's the one that I can see more going towards AEW. His tag team partners over there, Red Dragon, and to be fair, I can't see him going up to the main roster and doing anything. Um, I think he's just been biding his time. He's perfect for AEW, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if the contract's already been uh, FedEx to him. But this is what I mean. It, like Red Dragon are one of the most famous tag teams in all of the world. I've never watched Ring of Honor, but I know who Red Dragon are. Like they are Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly um, are a very famous tag team. And to bring them into that tag team division at the minute, like you imagine you've got uh, what are they called? Who the tag champs called? My mind just gone completely blank. Um, it's um, Lucha Bros. Lucha Bros. <laughs> Uh, for some reason, was, all I could think in my head was Penta. And I'm like, that's not even right. But there you go. Um, yeah, so I mean, even just having them join, I mean, is it the Super Click, the court now? Having, yeah, or when having they, they make Mount back, Rushmore. And then Mount Rushmore later on. I mean, you've got so many. That's the one thing I never understood with, with New Japan Pro Wrestling is you had the click. Or how whatever it was, the Bullet Club, sorry. And then you had all these subdivisions within the Bullet Club because there were so many different members. So you've kind of got this new elite. And then you've got, oh, here's Mount Rushmore. Here's the Super Click. Here's whatever. So whether they're just going to do that in AEW and obviously go down to Mount Rushmore on that side, Super Click there. And obviously Red Dragon coming into it as well. It's... um. Exciting for the tag division in AEW. Like I said, it's a it's a new tag team for the Lucha Bros, and definitely. I mean, we'll we'll talk about the other man in a few moments, but I think there's no doubt at all that Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish will reunite Red Dragon possibly next week. I mean, the contract expires, which surely means there is no 
just like Adam Cole, when his contract expired, there, there is no no compete clause. So he signs that contract. He could be on winter is coming next week. Potentially, yeah. I think um, Kyle Riley's, I think, is near the end of the month. I don't know the exact date of Kyle yeah. Riley's, but I know Johnny Gagano just did a 10-day uh, extension um, in regards to his. But with Kyle O'Reilly, I can certainly see him going to AEW. AEW's more of a come and look at our matches, um, whereas Raw and SmackDown are more, hey, let's put a pie in the champion's face. So you're like, well, he's a wrestler. You know, he wants to do MMA. You can see him versus Daniel Bryan in the main event of a rampage. would be absolutely killer. So I think, yeah, it, it just makes sense for him to go over there. It, it's just laid out perfectly for him, especially with his tag team partner already there. Yeah. Well, it just reminded me when you talk about cake in the face. I want to say this was this year, or it was certainly last year. Didn't he, like, try Roman Reigns feed somebody dog food? Or was it somebody fed Roman Reigns dog food? Baron Corbin. They, yeah, they did it both. It was Baron Corbin. They tied him up on the top rope and they were like, you're the big dog, love some dog food. Um, and then they were tipping like dog food all of it. And then the Usos came back, helped Roman Reigns and they were tipping dog food over Baron Corbin. Uh, back when Roman was a face. Back in the day. <laughs> that was last um, year, yes. surely now. I think, well, I think it was when last when the fans were there. I think it was 2019, a good two, two, three years ago that was. Was it, Jesus? I mean, we we, we all forget about 2020, don't we? Yeah, when okay. was 2020? I can't even remember. <laughs> so we'll move on to the, the main event of the evening. This was the men's War Games match, which took place as Team 2.0, uh, which consisted of Bron Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, Grayson Waller and Tony D'Angelo with Trick Williams in the corner as they defeated Team Black and Gold, which consisted Black and Gold. I assume that's like a classic NXT thing. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Johnny Gargano, LA Knight, don't know why, Pete Dunn and Tommaso Ciampa. I mean, I understand the other people because they've kind of been there for a while, but LA Knight? Um, he was doing a little thing with Grayson Waller, basically at Halloween Havoc. Um, LA Knight was supposed to be the host, but he had car trouble. So Grayson Waller took over. Um, and then Grayson Waller's been cutting promos about how he's the new guard and how he knows that he doesn't need to pay his dues and he can just get over on social media. Um, and LA Knight's like, no, I've been, you know, hot dogs and handshakes isn't a thing anymore. Like I've been all across the world um, killing it. Um, so they've been having a little feud. So they've kind of incorporated that feud in with the classic, um, black and gold versus the 2.0 guys. I mean, you look at someone like an LA Knight, he's only been in um, NXT for what, like six months, but That's he is technically it, black and gold. You know, he's he's been, he is a technically like an indie darling. You know, he's um, in NWA, he was in Impact. Um, he's um, Eli, as Eli Drake, he was everywhere. Um, so I think it's kind of like they didn't want to call him like Team Indie Hot Dogs and Hamburgers guys, um, or what was it Hot Dogs and Handshakes guys? They didn't want to call him like that. So they thought, oh, we'll just call him black and gold because technically he was there. Um, and you look at the rest of the black and gold roster, you know, except for the women like Io Shirai, most of the blokes have been released. So technically, I guess he still is. Yeah. And you said, obviously, you preferred the women's match, but this one still entertaining. Is it worth a watch? Yeah, I think more for the fact that if you look at the people who are on 2.0, Carmelo Hayes has been around um, not that long, but he was on the indies um, and he's been in the company for about six months he's been doing quite well and he's a champion but you look at the other three names like a Bron Breaker a Tony D'Angelo those two have only had like 10 matches on telly 
and they're in a main event of uh, NXT pay-per-view or super show, um, which is incredible to think about. You've had 10 matches and all of a sudden you're being showcased on a massive card. I mean, Grayson Waller was on 205 Live. He's been doing that for about six months, but he's he looked the greenest out of all of the minute, to be fair. And he's gone through about five different character changes in the last like month. Um, but all in all, it's good to watch because you can see that there were points where they were green as grass, but it's good to see um, the actual professionals, the guys who've been there for ages, working in a different way to cover up some of the mistakes and actually make people like Bron Breaker look like the next Goldberg, to be honest. He looks unstoppable. And that's down, that's not down, that's down to Bron Breaker, but that's also down to the people like Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, who are putting him over and making him look really cool, even though he is quite green. Um, so it's worthwhile watching just for knowing that some of them have inexperience and some of them are 10 vets and seeing how they work together as wrestlers the actual um men- mentality of it more than the actual wrestling of it is actually showcased in there of showing how the old guard can put over the new new breed yeah so after i don't i saw some pictures online which is why i thought obviously the event was on wednesday because these pictures have only just surfaced but i think it was after nxt 2.0 it kind of looked like a goodbye from from uh, O'Reilly and from Johnny Gargano. Like you said, he, he only extended his contract for 10 days. However, there has been rumours that he is going on to the main roster. I mean, his nickname is Mr. NXT. I mean, will he jump the ship and go to AEW? Like, Joe, what do you think? Um, I think Johnny Gargano is like... like he- literally like believed nxt like um i think that he definitely needs a change like to go to smackdown or something like that i um i don't know if he would fit on AEW. i mean yeah he could have a good match with edwin um he's like a mid-sized guy i mean i'd have to see him like face like darby allen for like darby allen or something like that like um like tnt title like or um kit Fabian. But again, I would love to see him on SmackDown. So I personally hope he stays on WWE and goes to SmackDown because I love friends to be. I could see him in like the Intercontinental or US title picture, whichever one, whichever show he goes to. But if he did go to AEW, I could see him as like a TNT champion. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't see him facing somebody like Roman Reigns or like Kenny Omega. He just no offense to Johnny Gargano. I don't think he's on that level. See, I slightly disagree. I can see Johnny Gorgano is kind of like a Daniel Bryan kind of thing. I think if he's got the fan base, but if you put him in the right scenario, he can get that. He can be like the next Daniel Bryan. He can get the fans behind him. Um, you know, he's certainly got the caliber for it, and he's got the following for it as well. Um, and in terms of the main roster, there's tons of people I'd want to see him wrestle. Even him facing Jinder Mahal, I think he make Jinder Mahal look amazing. Um, I am excited to see Johnny Gargano on the main roster, and I'm, I'd be gutted if we never got the chance to see him actually have a couple of years on the road because he clearly loves WWE. He's got Shawn Michaels as a mentor, um, and he can they can basically follow the same path as somebody like a Daniel Bryan, the sort of path that he had like with the S yes movement. He, he's sort of the similar sort of size, and his t-shirts do sell, and people do seem to love him. Um, but I prefer to see him stay in WWE. I think if he went to AEW. Very similar to what Adam calls doing at the moment. You just get sort of lost in the shuffle. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm not sure if you guys, have you watched NXT 2.0 from last night? No, we've seen bits of it, but I've got it recorded. It's one of those ones I'm still trying to catch up with. 
Yeah, so obviously I know he cut like a, a farewell promo thanking the fans and stuff and then I won't spoil it for obviously what happened after if you haven't seen but Yeah, I've seen it Grayson Grayson Grace Waller, Waller with that steel chair. Yeah. Like I said, he he was um giving hugs to everybody and it kind of seems like it is his final XT appearance. Uh and rumours are that his contract expires tomorrow, the tenth of December. Which coincidentally, I mean, it'll be like midnight on that day anyway, so he can't appear on Rampage, obviously. But winter could be coming. Who knows? That's all I'm gonna say. But potentially, I think maybe he would look at some time of... off for the year. I don't know. Well, yeah. Well, he's he's due to have his kid in uh, February. Uh, the problem that we've got as well is um, Candice LeRae's contract isn't up until April, but it could potentially be extended because she's been. Um, off on maternity yeah. leave, so they can actually extend the contract due to that as a clause in it. Um, but you know, if WWE is smart, they'd say, you know what, why didn't you go away, have some time with your new kid, and then c- come back when you're ready? You might have an appearance in a Rumble just to get the fans like excited, mm-hmm. oh, what's going to happen, and then like do a couple of years on the main roster. To be honest, that's what I would prefer. But there's so many different doors open for him, he can literally go wherever he wants. If he became a free agent, AWB a fool not to snap him up. I was gonna say, coincidentally, I mean that that could go it completely in the wrong way. Like if he did like a one day appearance in the Royal Rumble, like just signed to do that. Christian did that, and then all of a sudden he was on AEW not so long later because he had such a good showing in that Rumble. Um, but like I said, maybe even a year, another year, just signed on the main roster. Like I said, whilst his fiance's contract is still there, perhaps that's the more legitimate thing to do. I think a load of people were saying online. It seems Gargano's going to stay with WWE and O'Reilly's going to AEW. That seems dead cert to me. Yeah, and that's the way I think of it. And that's the way I hope it goes. I mean, I like Tyler O'Reilly, but, you know, the people that I mentioned, like, can I see him having, like, an amazing match with a Jinder Mahal? No, not really. Can I see him going across and chasing 24-7 title? No. Can I see him having a random tag team with Riddle? No. But with Johnny Gargano, yeah, he's got that entertaining element with him and he's got the connections with... Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Austin Theory. So we can always just go across and pick that up. There's so many options for him. But yeah, with the Kyle O'Reilly, it just makes more sense. His tag team partner's over there. He's more, yeah, Red Dragon. He's more of a grappler, eh? MMA guy. And even saying, oh, we're going to see Daniel Bryan versus Kyle O'Reilly at a pay per view. That sounds killer to me. Why not? Yeah. Okay. So that is the end of NXT War Games. We'll do a quick review. What would you say? Is it one of the best NXT events? Where Where would you rank it? Um, I mean, out of it's hard to say out of five. I mean, if I did it out of ten, I would give it a seven and a half to an eight. Um, I was entertained. I didn't really skip much of it. Um, I even watched the pre-show, and I don't usually do that with many pay-per-views or shows. Um, it was nice that they're showcasing a lot new, of newer talent. So yeah, I would give it a good seven and a half, eight. I'd say. Enjoy seven out of ten for me. Seven. Yeah, seven out of ten. Um, it was a good show. In uh, both four games were really good. The matches in between were good. Um, fun matches. Um, the Cameron Grimes versus um, uh, what's his name was a good match as well. So yeah, good job, good show. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. That is NXT War Games. Let's move on to a little bit of news. I mean, there's one big news we're going to get onto, but but before I do, I don't know if you guys have just seen that. Jerry Lawler has just signed a new two-year deal with WWE. To do what? Yeah, I don't know. But they he's go. going to be the next. Um, he's going to NXT. He's going to be the next two hundred five uh, cruiserweight champion. 
Well, why not? <laughs> <laughs> what is it that they've got in TNA? Is it like the Neverweight? The open? Is that what it's called? The Digital Media Champion. No, they've got like, a, the thing, like an open weight, haven't they? Is that right? No, um, Impact is the Digital Media and it's the X Division. Um, it yeah. might be Ring of Honor. Yeah. It could be Ring of Honor, like the Neverweight or Openweight title. So I never understood that. Like Intercontinental's obviously got no limit on it. I mean, even female wrestlers can win that. But just speaking, actually, I don't know if you guys can tell, slightly going off topic talking about titles. Is Dana Brooke still the 24 7 champ? I don't know. I she is, yeah. Um, she was just at some award show with um, Sasha Banks as well. I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head. People's Choice Awards? Was. No, it wasn't that. It was um, more serious. I think if you Google Dana Brooke. <laughs> more serious. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Well, it was going to be People's Choice Awards. <laughs> well, come on. Um, I think it was, it was something like a um, an SB or a music or a Grammy. Or a Grammy oh, it was like the, the the Sports Illustrated because Tom Brady won. Yeah. Won obviously, Men of the Year. But she was there. She had a big title. She just looked ridiculous with it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she's representing. Good for her. First ever time. But do you know who she was chased by this week for the twenty four seven title? Tamina. There ain't nobody meaner. There is not anybody meaner, to be fair. But she was just really obvious. She just came, like, walking along with a referee, and Dana was like, nah, see you, bye. So, yeah, they're like, doing that backstage. Would this be, like, a good thing to kind of do for a few months? I mean, obviously, NX, uh, NXT, AEW have announced a, a new women's championship, which will start, obviously, with TBS. So would it be good to have the 24-7 just be a women's title for a few months? Bring in some of the other women's wrestlers. Yeah, why not? I mean, they've done it with everything else. They've even given it to some, yeah, they've given it to commentators and all sorts. I'm, I'm not against it. And very similar to what they did with NXT UK when, uh, what, what's his face, Jordan Devlin won the uh, Cruiserweight title, but then the pandemic hit. So they had two Cruiserweight titles. But they could have done that with, you know, they're saying it's eligible for any person on any brand. They're, it's eligible for any celeb. I mean, Peter Rosenberg won it for a cup of coffee, like won it for about a day. So, you can go to whoever, really. Um, you got that guy for the team that you support in uh, the old NFL. He ended up winning it as well, didn't he? Well, which guy from the books? Rob Gronkowski? That's the one, yeah. How can you forget his name? The Gronkzilla himself. Well, you know, he's, he's no... Um... <laughs> <laughs> in, insert name of NFL player here. <laughs> and I was just going to say, just going through other news, there is something else that I was just reading. Uh, apparently, there was rumours WWE have reached out to AEW about using their wrestlers for non-scripted content. That's different. You never thought that that would happen. I mean, back in the WWE versus WCW era, you'd never have seen that. And they are technically competition, so that's a bit strange. But, Maybe I mean, you look at it. Game. I mean, no, but, I mean, you look at it. Chris Jericho was on broken school sessions maybe it's something similar they've had they've had um obviously aj styles was on talking about tna jericho's was mainly i say mainly a lot of it was about aew maybe they'll bring in some stars that have been around maybe sting comes on broken school maybe matt hardy comes on i don't know i, I don't know the full extent of it obviously we are only an amateur podcast here in Blackpool, England. We can investigate <laughs> as much as we can. But Maybe it might just be to do with the Hall of Fame, you know? You might have a few people. Sting's a Hall of Famer, and he works for AEW. It might just be a Hall of Fame. Uh, Daniel Bryan might want to attend the Hall of Fame, but 
because of his misses. Um, you don't know. Mm. It could be just as little as that. Or they're doing a charity baseball game. Possibly. We can only hope. But Tony Carter said apparently he is considering the request for AEW stars to appear on the WWE produced biographies. So who knows? So I think it's just kind of like that to bring them on there. If they're talking about people from the past and they'll get someone like Adam Cole or Chris Jericho to come on and talk about them. Well, you know, but Jericho, I thought, yeah, I mean, he is he is obviously arguably one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. So he's currently in Birmingham as well, isn't he? He's um, I think he, he performed last night in Birmingham. And luckily, as this is going out on the Friday, we're going to see Fozzie in Swansea. I was about to say, when are you going? So right when you most hopefully some people are listening to this on the Friday evening, the 10th of December, Dan and Joe will be getting their Judas on. Should be good. Yeah, I'm more of an enemy fan, but you know, Judas will be pretty decent. Judas is great. Um, but it was a great show. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not you I know last week we didn't really talk about it because we were having that interview um with Brendan, but obviously Taryn and I did go to that concert. It was a great, great night. Like I say, Chris Jericho, uh phenomenal. But the whole band of Fozzy was incredible. Unfortunately, a lot of uh, wrestling marks out there just kept chanting Y2J, and it's just like, what? I mean, and uh, Ed Jericho always gets on the stage, goes, I don't see no Y2J up here. This is Fozzy, man. And everyone's just like, yeah. <laughs> uh, before the show, loads of Ric Flair woos. I'm just like, for God's sake. I mean, you're not at a wrestling show here. You're at a rock gig. But there you go. I like playing the game um, on his um, Insta, where it's like, you know, he does the meet and greet, the VIP meet and greet before. It's like, yeah. before I look at the picture, how many people have brought replica titles? Oh, look, three have today. And they've all got it signed. And it's like a title he's never won. Like the yeah. 205 Live and, title. It's just like little wrestlers of him as well. I saw quite a few of them have just brought wrestlers. It's just like, I understand it. But like, you hear to see Fozzy, like, do Fozzy stuff. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Jericho doesn't do a lot of signings in the UK. So obviously it was quite difficult to do, but respect it like he was saying on stage this is a fuzzy gig like don't chant y2j in the middle of a gig well uh, if you look at it as well um like our mate dean was going to come but um he ended up having prior commitments so i reached out to another friend doesn't watch any wrestling has never watched wrestling i said oh i've got a spare ticket to fuzzy do you want to come yeah i said have you seen him he's like yeah i saw him at download i went yeah you're <laughs> welcome to come he knows nothing about wrestling so if they're going to be doing y2j chance Probably going to be looking at all the matters going, what, what are they? What is this Y2J thing? God knows. Maybe it's one of their albums. Who knows? <laughs> I haven't got the Y2J album. Uh, and then, I mean, there's only one big news to re- really talk about now. And that is apparently, it is rumoured. I don't know if it's officially confirmed. It just says reported. But his time is over once again. The third time. Jeff Hardy, brother Nero, has been released from WWE. I mean, I knew you'd come. Yes. I mean, Dan, you were talking about it in the chat earlier. Something happened on Sunday? Yeah, it was on the weekend, actually. Either on the, it was on the weekend, not sure it was Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, but he was teaming with uh, Drew McIntyre and um, somebody else as well. I can't remember who it was, but they were facing like Roman Reigns and the heel team. Basically, halfway through the match, he just gets out the ring. Uh, he tags somebody, gets out the ring, and then walks through the crowd. And there's, like, security following him. And then the following night, they have the same match, but they put Rey Mysterio in his place, and they don't mention anything about it. 
Um, so it was reported on the weekend that he walked out of an event, which is really strange because I know that you said that you watched the Broken Skulls with Jeff yeah. Hardy, and we watched it as well. We watched it on the um, the Saturday, the, the Monday actually, after we watched um, War Games, and he was really positive. He's saying about how he's going to be pitching new ideas to Vince and how he wants to have one final run against Roman Reigns for the Universal title, you know, and it looked like it was building towards that, that he was going to have some sort of title match with him. So it's really strange. Um, People are saying that apparently it's to do with um, getting rehab. Apparently he was offered rehab, declined it, so they released him. Uh, This is the reports that I've seen online. But, I mean, if that is the case, I hope he's okay, and I hope he's getting all of the help and treatment that he needs. Um, But it's a shame because the prospect of potentially seeing a Roman Reigns versus Jeff Hardy at a Royal Rumble would have been an incredible match. Yeah, I just want to reiterate, I think um, his his wife, uh, Beth Hardy, just tweeted out around about 4.46pm, so that's what, two hours ago, Jeff is good, we are good, post that you heard that, thanks, peace sign. So it does seem from loads of reports that Jeff is good, I know Matt on a recent stream was saying yeah jeff's okay but you know it's not my story to tell when jeff's ready to tell you what's going on he'll tell you so yeah it's just it was very strange because like so we're watching that broken school sessions he seemed optimistic about his future like really looking forward to to what he's gonna do and he had different characters that he wanted to to bring and stuff as well and and look at but do you know what one of the characters was go on he wanted to be Bob Ross. He wanted to be the wrestling equivalent of Bob Ross. Yes. Um, and yeah. he wanted to be like backstage painting canvases. And he basically wanted to be like Bray Wyatt, but the Bob Ross version of Bray Wyatt. And yeah, I think a lot of fans wouldn't have got that, but I think that would have been cool to see. You can imagine the action figure of it. But then, like you said, he'll go to AEW, have complete creative freedom, and get to do what he wants. I mean, look what happened in Impact when Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy got to do what they want. They took. They spoke about it quite a bit with the with the final deletion matches and stuff uh, at the Hardy compound. You get to see all of that again. Most like I know Matt Hardy did do a few of them when he started at AEW with his whole pool of reincarnation at the Jacksonville Stadium, and then turned into version one Matt Hardy. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. What what do you what do you see is going to happen, Joe? What do you think is going to happen with Jeff Hardy? Take a year off, see it, see you next week in a well, it's can't be next week, can it? It'll be a 90 day non compete, but yeah, I, I mean, it's such a shame with the party. As I said, don't want to speculate of why he's, why he's been really done. Yeah, we know he's had problems in the past. I hope he's happy and healthy. Um, I don't know how much sugar he's got left in as wrestling. Um, on his post school sessions, he's saying he was a lot slower and a lot more. Methodical move, so I could maybe see him go to AEW, maybe last another five years. But he he will into the Hall of Fame with his brother Hardy. It won't be this year. It might be like ten, five or ten years down on, but he will be a Hall of Famer. Um, I don't know if the WWE will give him another chance because they've given him so many chances in the past. So we'll wait and see what happens. Yeah. It's funny as well because uh, I was just reading through some news and just to remind that WWE last year did use Jeff Hardy's substance abuse in a storyline. <laughs> so I just thought that was pretty interesting uh, in there as well. But 
he does seem like he's he's still got a few years. I mean, Matt Hardy is the older brother, isn't he? And he's still going. I mean, if they can go to AEW and perhaps just... I always thought if The Undertaker was going to stay around, he, he, he could probably have another five years just doing cinematic matches. So, yeah. I mean, I don't see... I think the premise of those now, these cinematic matches, if, they, if they're done right... Like Sting's first match, cinematic match. Now, obviously, he is having more traditional matches, but you can prolong prolong so many careers because you can just stop. If somebody needs to be a little bit slower, you can just take your time and do more of these cinematic matches. And I think maybe the Federation's going to just have cinematic matches at one point, and it's going to be a whole Federation of just cinematic matches. Well, you look Who at knows? Billy Gunn. I mean, Billy Gunn's, what, 59? And he yeah. wrestled Sting. Um like he obviously he's got his uh, sons around him as well, but you look at someone like a Billy Gunn who's fifty nine, at least they'll smash in it. So age is just mm-hmm. a number at the end of the day. And I think what Jeff Hardy said was Matt Hardy is the brains of the outfit. Um, he's the one who usually like organizes stuff and thinks of stuff. So I think worlds will align that he probably will go to an AEW, but first he just needs to get his house in order first. I think. Yeah. So before we do come towards the end of the show and go to our quiz. I do want to briefly talk about next week because obviously we won't be able to talk about it on the next episode because it would have already happened. But we'll talk a little bit about Wyndham is coming. Sorry, winter is coming. <laughs> uh, AEW's event next Wednesday. Winter is coming. They've only announced three matches so far. Obviously, we do have Rampage, which will air tomorrow night. It does say part one, uh, December 15th. So I don't know if there's going to be another part. I didn't know. I just thought it was just the one. But on here it says Dynamite December 15th, part one. Unless obviously they include it as Rampage as well as part two. Yeah, 15th and 17th. Yeah, so it's Rampage as well. So Winter is Coming will be. There you go. I found out myself. I just ramble. This is why Taryn hosts because I just chat shit. There you go. So they've announced three matches. I don't know if you guys know the matches so far. We do have Hikira Shida versus Serena Deeb. In a singles match, you want to predict who's gonna take it? Yeah, I'll go with Sheena. Um, we already had Serena deep screw over and get a couple of wins, so I think it's time for Sheena, Sheena, Sheena to shine. Sheena to shine, Joe. <laughs> Sheena, to shine. Okay, I, I think I'm just gonna go on the Taron kind of thing here and just go completely wrong, and I'm just gonna say, uh, yeah, yeah, Serena deep. So I'm just going to go against you, just, just so obviously we're not all going for the same here. This is why he was always bottom. Um, and then the next match, obviously, on Dynamite last night, they had the Dynamite Battle Royale, um, which I always think is a weird kind of concept for Battle Royale to have, oh, if you're the last two people, you get to have a singles match next week. It's weird, isn't it? Just throw them over the top rope. But, yeah, uh, the last two. Uh, is MJF? Who would have thought? Is that three years in a row? There you go. He's gonna get a whole. He's gonna have more rings than Brady soon. That's why <laughs> I just compared MJF to Tom Brady. There you go. More more rings and more deflated balls. <laughs> well, oh, shit. Um, <laughs> we've got MJF uh, taking on. Is he? Oh, I, I, I can't. Is he eighteen? Dante what, Martin. Dante... Dante Martin, I'm not sure, but he's, he's very young. He's, yeah. he's been doing all right. He's part of usually a tag team, isn't he? Um, but mm-hmm. he joined Team Taz and then he screwed over Team Taz, um, which has caused Hook to have a match on Rampage as well. 
I'm I'm just double checking. I'm sure he's 20 years old. Sorry, my apologies. Like I said, very young. I mean, he's got a big match against MJF. Who is going for this one? Are they going to just put the rocket on Dante Martin and beat MJF? MJF going to win it three in a row? Is he gonna? Is MJF gonna get screwed over? What do you think's gonna happen, Joe? MJF to win. I don't think the the newbie's gonna win unless some comes down to screw him over. But yeah, MJF to win for me. Dan, I think um, yeah, it's gonna be MJF to win. But I think Team Taz are gonna cost Dante um, the match, which is probably gonna bolster. Um, Leo Rush's stable, maybe Dante's tag team partner comes back, they get a, a couple other people and they form a faction. But yeah, I can see MJF, unless um, CM Punk screws over MJF, pretty sure it's going to be an MJF win. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those things where CM Punk's kind of on commentary for the match in there and he kind of like try and mess with him a little bit. But I want MJF to win and I really hope MJF wins. But it could just be one of those fluke maven moments. I mean, I'm not comparing MJF. I've compared him now to Tom Brady. Now I'm comparing him to The Undertaker. <laughs> um, but like, that she could just get rolled up and win it because CM Punk distracts him or something like that. Uh, I could see that happening. I don't want it to happen. But hopefully MJF will win it. And then the big one. The big match for the AEW World Championship. It is The Hangman. Adam Page versus Brian Danielson. It's a tough one. It is a tough one, isn't it? Who's going to win, Dan? I think it's going to be the hangman, Adam Page, just so then he can drop it to MJF after he's finished his feud with CM Punk. Oh, if only. Joe? This could be Brian Danielson to win. Um, <laughs> I mean, the hangman, Adam Page, is really just won it, but... Um, Brian Danielson is like an absolute terror in the minute on AEW. He's, he's cutting amazing pros. He's he's just in heel. I don't know. I just prefer, you know, I just prefer AEW faces to chase the heel and and um, Adam Page as the champion will look more like you'll have more sympathy for him if he loses. So yeah, Brian Danielson wins. Yeah, I think it'll be one of those, those things like Adam Page has just won it. You won't want him to lose it so quickly because it's just kind of a disservice. He's been chasing it for three years only to lose it at his first defence. But then, I mean, that could obviously help the Daniel, the Brian Danielson heel character just say, yeah, you're not that good. And then obviously just completely just smashes him up. I have no idea which way this is going to go. I, I can see it going both ways if I had to pick one now just because it's his first defense and it would make him look strong and legit I'm gonna go for Hangman Adam Page baby baby and obviously this is only part one there's more matches to come I assume Britt Baker DMD will most likely headline part two on Rampage next week but obviously there's still more to announce and we'll find out and we'll probably talk about night one and preview night two next week. But without further ado, we're not there yet, but we'll move on to the quiz. Whoop, whoop. And I think it's Joe this week. Uh, it is indeed. So I have got 10 questions all revolved around December, January pay So 
um, like war games, that, that kind of thing. All the stuff. Day one pay per view exclusive. Let's go. Here we go. Day one. <laughs> All about day one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So, question in head to head against the top two players in the quiz and the pay per view yeah, predictions. Yeah, so it's all it's all December based pay per views and stuff like that. Okay, let's go. Question number one Who came up with the War Games match originally? Ooh. It's good because I never watched one. I'm just going to go for him. Cool. Question number two. What year was the first War Games? And this is going back now, not there. This seems like the original, original. Yeah. This is going to be good, this. <laughs> Question number three. What year did the, the December to December preview debut in WWE? Yeah. Cool. I'm about it. I'm about a year, I think. <laughs> Question number four. New Year's Rev- Revolution started in 2005. What city was New Year's Revolution held in in 2005? Cool. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, okay, question number five. News Revolution 2006 is football for the first money in the bank machine. But who cashed in the first money in the bank contract? Yes, I've got, I've got one. I've got one. Don't you Chris worry. Nowinski. <laughs> Chris Nowinski. Love it. Okay. <laughs> question number six. Who hosted New Year's Eve 2021 last year? Well, the current one or the one before? Because the current one had a host that I mentioned earlier that was replaced by another host. Or are you on about the one before that? The one for last year, 2020. Okay, yeah, cool. Who was the host of it? All right. Yeah, who was the host of New Year's Eve? Yeah. So this year it should have been LA Knight, um, but it was Grayson Waller. So who was the host beforehand? The cool. one, yeah, the one before 2020, yeah. Lovely. Okay. Question number seven. The Battle of the Belts is being held in January um, by what city? So the Battle of Belts in EW is in January, but what city is it being held in? Cool. Yep. Okay. Question number eight. Jericho. Uh, who did Chris Jericho beat at Vengeance 2001? I'll give you through this two answers. Cool. Yep. Uh, question number nine. Who did Randy Orton face at Armageddon 2005 in Hell in the Cell? Uh, last question, uh, very topical. What year did uh, Jeff Hardy beat Edge and Triple H to win the WWE Championship? Uh, 
Yeah, let's go for that. Alright. Chad, I'll recap myself back to that broken school session. <laughs> See what section is it? <laughs> I think I think I think Dan's won this one. <laughs> add another add another one to that win section right there. <laughs> okay. Are you ready for the answers? Let's yeah, go boy. for it. Who came up with the war games match? I mean, uh, Jamie? I mean, I typed it into my phone and it auto-corrected, so I'm going to go for the auto-correction of Richard Flair. <laughs> <laughs> Dusty Rhodes. It was Dusty Rhodes. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> Question number two, what year was the first war games match? And i give you a clue, it's going back, not the LC when it's going yeah, I went for uh, 1994. Dan? I went 94 Dan? as well. No, 87. Oh, <laughs> a little bit of so it started in WWE first and then it went to WCW and then okay. it's now gone to FC. Um, question three What year did the December to December debut in the WWE? Uh, JB 2007. Uh, 2009. Jamie's, oh, it's 2006, so Jamie was closer. I'm going to get a point. Right? <laughs> uh, no, I need it. I need the point. <laughs> uh, question number four. New Year's Revolution started in uh, 2005, but what city was it happening? Taron? Oh, sorry. Taron? Taron? Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I went for New York City. Dan? Toronto. No, it's in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Oh, well, hello. Oh, well. Question five. New Year's Revolution uh, in 2006 was notable for first money in the bank cashing. But who was the first cashing? Dan? Adam Copeland. Yes, that edge maniac. Yeah, edge Adam Clem. This night is not over. <laughs> uh, question six: <laughs> Who hosted New Year's Evil 2020? Baby, I can't remember his name, so I just went for Sam, that guy who does those podcasts that randomly turn up on the pre-shows. <laughs> oh, Sam, Sam Roberts. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> I went with Shotzi Blackheart. Dex Illumines. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, he also knew this evil. Yeah, it's Dex Illumines. Oh, I'm thinking of Halloween Havoc, and I. Yeah, yeah. okay, fair. <laughs> Question seven. I mean, considering Bar- the scores are only 2 1 at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was quite easy. Oh, never mind. Um, <laughs> Question number seven, AEW Battle of the Belt has been held January, but what city, um, Jamie? Jacksonville. Dan? Detroit. Now, Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> oh, the home of where? <laughs> where the Hardys are from. I thought they were from Cameron. It is Cameron. <laughs> oh, it's Ric Flair, isn't it, Charlotte, North Carolina? <laughs> yeah. Is that why you wooed? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm on one point. I'm loving life. <laughs> Question eight, nice and easy. Who did Chris Jericho beat Avengers 2001? The Rock and Austin. 
Stone Cold mm-hmm. and The Rock in the same night, baby. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, one uh, point question. for the two. Yeah, just one for the two. I expect okay. you to have both. Uh, question nine. Uh, who did Randy Orton face Armageddon as a five in uh, Hell in the Cell? Jimmy? Triple H. Um, Paul Levesque. <laughs> yep. Oh, God, it comes down to this year. <laughs> I could tie it. <laughs> There's a point in it. Question number 10. What year did Johnny, uh beat Edge and Triple H to win the WWE Championship, Dan? Two days on Ireland. Jamie? I went for 08. Says in an 8. He's yes! tied it. Jamie, it right. <laughs> so that's 4-4 four, four by the sounds of it. Pardon, yeah. One, two, three, four, yeah. Or five, five if you want to get a point for Rock and Austin, you know. <laughs> yeah, but it's just Joe. I can see the thought in his brain trying to think of a tiebreaker. A killer question, yeah. Uh, <laughs> why don't you think of just a random question? The first person who shouts it wins. You can think of any wrestler at any question or any pay-per-view. Something you know that's right in wrestling. The first person to say it. False. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, you could pick a tag team, and you could be like, who's in that tag team? Or Who is in the Brain Busters tag team? Jesus Christ, just have it, Dan. <laughs> oh, Brain Busters, I can't remember off the head. That's um, um, Arn Anderson and... Um, oh, what's his name? Can I get a point for that? <laughs> I say Arn Anderson and and Tully yeah, Blanchard and, right. and Tully Blanchard. T- Tully Blanchard. Did I get it right? Yeah, you're right. Yes. Yeah. You wouldn't have got it unless I said Arn Anderson. I know. Yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> I just went. What's that other guy on on AEW with that tag team? Oh, yeah, Blanchard. <laughs> Blanchard. Yeah, it's Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard with the brain buffers. <laughs> I mean, you've won the year anyway, Dan. At least I get another point. I mean, there's no way I can catch up to you. I don't have the scores in front of me, unfortunately, but I'm sure you've won. There's only three more to go. Two more? Three more? Something like that, yeah. Three more to go for the year. So, yeah. So, Joe, where can everyone find us? You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at GrappleCast Show. And you can find us on all the good places you find your podcasts on Spotify, Deezers, Apple Podcasts, all those good places. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Exactly. And as I am host, unfortunately, I can't sign us off. So, Dan, will you please do the honours? Yeah, of course. Um, I bid you all a good adieu. I hope you all have lovely time Christmas shopping. Again, Don't throw fireworks at cats, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Hold one. Bye. Brett screwed Brett. It's me, Austin. I did it for the rock. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Number four, armbar. I am Sir Michael Cole. What?